people of Earth. If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Waiting for you, Nate. Oh, listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast from the SLG Art Boutique. The tribe of gorillas outside. And here is your host, Derek. McCaw! Thank you. I feel like I was being introduced by Bomba the Jungle Boy. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And we are podcasting back on our old night of a Wednesday. Feels so right. It does. It does. I hope we can get back around to it. Although, of course, the rest of the summer is going to be higgledy-piggledy. So we'll see. But uh, this is uh, Wednesday, July 10th. Me and my antiquated phrases... (laughs) You and your, your You'd think I was an eighty year old good old Aunt Derek. Yeah. Andy You Rick, today? <laughs> Rick Nate's being in, he's into the chocolate chip cookies. Uh and uh we're podcasting on July tenth. And uh to my right uh, I guess to my northwest northeast here is uh is my po- announcer. I am Nate Costa. That's right. And across is podcast producer. That's right. That's where I'm just going to leave it at. Moral compass to my direct north. All right. Because you wait, you're waiting for moral compass. Like, you need that. It's what I usually go off of. Okay. Rick Brett Snyder. Yes. You drop a line. People you do a, you do a compass reference. I figure you're going to go all the <laughs> way right. through. Okay. So we are at the SLG Art Boutique and Gallery in its new location on Ray Street. And this is, I don't know how much time, chance Nate had to walk around in this One place. One second. One second. Is this your first time here, too? Yes. This place is amazing. It's really cool. I was really sorry to see Dan Votto have to leave downtown, but <laughs> this is such a better place. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you don't know it, but you've only seen like half of it so far. Awesome. It stretches off into the back. Into- like, we're about an hour away from me just asking if we could build a, a Fanboy Planet compound on top and mm. live here. Uh, That's a good idea. Yeah, actually, you could, though. There's actually space. So um, You got all this new equipment that's over here on the right that's set up. Um, he's, he hasn't got it set up yet, but he'll be able to do uh, heated soda fountain? foods and soda fountain. Soda fountain coming. It's, it's doing a, great it's all a, ages, still jazz, jazz. It's actually like a unit you'd put in the center of a mall. Yeah, and the, songwriting. Well, actually, one looks like, one actually is from the Great Mall because the address is still there at the taco. Oh, you're right, it is. The taco thing is there. So he got a few things. But even his, uh, even the shop up front feels so spacious. It's the kind yeah. of shop I love that I just, you know, because I like this old space. It's really cool and definitely went with the look for the boutique feel. Yep. But this feels like you have room to gaze, you know, to step back, take a look at stuff. 
It doesn't feel very. It doesn't feel cramped. There's a lot of really cool stuff that I didn't it, even know he had. You can't understate the the cool feeling of this place. It yeah, really it's does just, feel. It's just amazing. And, so, and currently, cool. and, and currently has a display of artwork by our friend Mick Gray. So very, very. Who actually had a showing great. here. They just left the stuff up after he was here for the whole day. Well, I mean that that's it. It's the showing is the well. There's some stuff time, went away, but there's still okay. stuff on the wall. Yeah, so um, not for sale, but still very cool to very see. Cool. And uh, yeah, just just love it. This is this could be a cool. I mean, if there were more art comics artists in San Jose, I don't think there are that many. Nick Dragota. This area is, does Nick Dragota actually live around here? Uh, somewhere around here. Yeah, the, this would be a great place for him to display because this is a perfect place for a signing. They had one of their nerd marks kind of in event. here. And oh my that god! Whole, I'll bet the nerd mart is amazing. Here was was full of there were artists in Sacramento. And other local people. I have no. And Mick was here. And I have no particular act, but I'd like to do a show here. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it's just. Uh, oh, you've got an act. A few of my acoustic numbers. Yeah. Um, there's a stand over. There's an upright piano over there. I could totally do that. Um, so a karaoke machine. Karaoke out here would rule. Would rule. Yeah. It would. Um, but enough about that because we do have a lot to cover tonight. Not so much that news itself has had, you know, July is kind of a fallow month for a lot of stuff because it, we're, we're building up, of course, to next week being Comic-Con. So not a lot of announcements come out, just new comics. You talk about that. Even the movies are kind of lying, laying dry because a lot of studios are going to announce next week. Um, and television, <laughs> same thing. Everybody's waiting till next week. So there's still some things to talk about, but we did have... Uh, a week ago was Image Expo, and Nate did go to that. Uh, I was there. You were there. And we also want to say, though hopefully this will not interrupt your, your regular podcast service, this is, uh, I believe, the last time that the three of us, for the foreseeable future, will be sitting at the same table podcasting. On a regular basis. I mean, well, that's it, yeah. for the foreseeable future, because uh, we will be working on ways for Nate to dial in and continue uh, being here, but uh, this is this is the bachelor party of podcasts, and it's probably we're in a tiki place because Rick's wearing a grass skirt. So uh, and, I didn't get the memo, and you didn't need to. Uh, we put that on, and uh, while you were touring the back, you think maybe people hear the salsa music in the background? Yes, that's, that's just Dan. <laughs> he rocks, man. He rocks. So um, let's start by talking about uh, Image Expo, since uh, it was a different format this year. Very different format. You did not get the opportunity to go around and interview people, but you did get to attend a really fun day. Yes. Day started off at 10 a.m. at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, or whatever it's called, the Lamb Research Center at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. Oh, yes, okay. Which is basically next door to Moscone Center where WonderCon always happens. Oh, used to. Yeah, should. Let's say that. <laughs> where WonderCon should happen. Where WonderCon should happen. Where the true WonderCon occurred. Um, so I guess it started off with an address by image publisher Eric Stevenson. Started at 10 a.m. I didn't get there until a little bit after 11. So I came in halfway through and he was uh, by that time introducing writers and artists uh, I saw Jason Aaron and Jason Latour, or Latour, however he wants to say that. Uh, Rick Remender, uh, Matt Fraction, 
And I don't know if I saw anybody else at the end of that. Then they had a lunch break, which never happens at a convention. Maybe it does at the smaller ones. I don't know. Not but really. No. There was literally an hour and a half where everyone could leave and get lunch, and there was nothing going on that you were missing, which I really liked because if Comic-Con had an hour and a half lunch break, that would be awesome. People like certain friends of the program wouldn't be stuck starving be awesome, all day long. No one would be able to eat an hour and a half because everyone would go to eat an hour and a half. Hard well, at Comic-Con, well, yes, that's true. Yeah, like, <laughs> you'd just have to go somewhere you wouldn't be nobody's able to, thinking of yet. It would take you 45 minutes to get off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but this feels like, I mean, truly it was more of a conference than, was, than a convention. Definitely, because you walk in and it's a very small area. They only had two two probably 10-foot tables set up next to each other with comic books on them, trades, a couple racks set up in the back with T-shirts, and that was it. There was no floor. There was no walking around. It's mm-hmm. a big theater, mm-hmm. and they did all the panels in there one at a time. And then when a panel was going on, upstairs they had somebody signing. And upstairs was literally just you walk up some stairs, and there's like a hallway. So they put the signer at the end of the hallway with like a little table and stand in line, go to the signing. Were there competing panels? No. All no. the panels all were in one room consecutively. They were all an hour long. So it went the opening statement, lunch. And then they had a Kirkman panel at one thirty. They had a uh, Ed Brubaker panel at 2.30. They had Matt Fraction I want to say Rick Remender. You know, that's wrong. They had a Matt Fraction and others panel. Okay. Then they had the what was called the creative panel, which was Kirkman, Nick Trigoda, um, Brubaker came out. He wasn't scheduled to be on the panel, but he walked in from backstage and said, hey, can I be on the panel? And Joe Keating was in the audience. He was just there as an attendee because mm-hmm. he had a chance to come to town and see friends and family. Yeah, yeah. So they called, uh, Kirkman called him up on stage. Is Joe writing anything for Image right now? I mean, I know he's got some Marvel work still going uh, on. He's got Marvel work. He has, um, Hell Yeah is on a break, but they're going to go up to issue 10 with that. Okay, okay. And then he's got another project that he accidentally announced. He actually didn't, <laughs> nice. he purposely announced it, but he knew he wasn't supposed to. I completely forgot the title of it, of course. Wow, man, well done. Um, but he specifically said, please don't tweet this, put this on Facebook, or post it anywhere, but I'm going to be working on blah, blah, blah with somebody. Uh, Spawn, Mark II. No. And then Kirkman, because I was sitting in the front row, calls up Joe Keating, who was sitting a couple rows behind me. Joe Keating gets up to get up on the stage. Kirkman looks at me and says, hey, you're here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that happened. Yes. And then they had a... <laughs> A JMS panel after that one. That was the last panel of the day. I left that to go to the Kirkman signing. Yeah. And that was it. And then they had about uh, an hour for dinner, if you wanted to do that. But then they had an after party at Jillian's at the Metreon. And press and um, retailers got in half an hour before Gen Pop. So you go in. (laughs) Gen Pop. I and then to, and then buy Gen Pop, and then, then Nate the got shipped for being an effing wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we go in, and there's free food after dinner. 
No, no, we didn't even have dinner. We because okay. we stood in line for Kirkman's song. Kirkman stayed and signed everyone's autographs. Uh. So that was after the actual end of the show. Um, so we went to the car, put our stuff in there, so we didn't have to carry it around. Went back to Jillian's about ten minutes early, waited to get in. We were the first ones in because we were smart and stood next to the bouncers to get in. Plus, I have a beautiful fiance who. This is true. going to get let in anywhere pretty much. And I believe, by the way, well, you know, as again, the catchphrase is his beautiful fiance, hotter than you deserve. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we go in, they have free food, not a whole lot. So I took two of everything. <laughs> so my fiance and I could eat. trained you well. <laughs> go back to the table. It was just finger food. So we Nate, finished Nate's it. taking my acting class, by the way. So that's lesson one. <laughs> if there's free food, take it. Uh, so. So. She gets up to get some more. No food left. This was all gone in wow. about five or ten minutes. Wow. It was amazing. Um, but we got to chat with uh, Eric Larson, who was not at Image Expo, but he did come to the after party. Because he had posted on Facebook. Somebody had to pay the bills. Do That's some right. Work. Chatted with him. Chatted with Robert Kirkman. Chatted with Joe Keating. Chatted with Cena Grace, uh, former editor of the Skybound books. Mm-hmm. Now, did they remember you from previous Absolutely. Good. Eric Larson is very familiar with me. We're good Facebook friends. They are. They are. This is. I'll vouch for this. Nate. <laughs> Nate comments on Larson status a lot. Uh, Joe Keating, obviously friend of the program, remember right. me? Yes. Um, Robert Kirkman, I gave course, my yeah. uh, my resume to him at uh, the you signing. Carried his trophy for him. That's right. I also carried his Inkpot Award down to the Image Hub. That's right. Well, you know, I, when he was signing at Earth Two, that's what I I introduced myself and said. Uh, my friend Nate says hi. He carried your Inkpot Award. Oh, yeah, I remember Nate. Yeah. <laughs> I totally use that. Hi, Robert. Um, Say it a little more dreamily. Saw, Hi, Robert. Saw yeah. other friend of the program, James Robinson, there. Oh. Saw him walking around at Image Expo. James, I miss you. I miss him, too, because I saw him in line, said, hey. He's like, oh, hey, you're going to the after party. I said, yes. He said he would be there. I said, I'll find you. I walked around the after party like five times, did five laps, never saw him. They tried to play last. He was, the Mohicans, he was probably like circumnavigating uh, at uh, 180 degrees from found, you. Found out later he was sitting at the same table the whole night apparently, which was behind one of those you know press photo backdrop things. a small Ukrainian woman. Sitting yeah. there with Rick Remender. Indeed. Chatted with Anna and Steve from Elusive for like 45 minutes. I found out when we were going to get our car because Anna and Steve parked near us. That he was there. And I was like, what do you mean he was there? Oh, yeah, we were just talking to him for like half an hour. Totally missed it. All right, I'm sorry. You didn't look too bitter. No. I'll, I'll, no. I'll say hi to him for you at Comic-Con. Thanks. I would appreciate that because I tweeted him and said, were you there? Because I missed you. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I was like, great. We could have talked about my brother's awesome attitude at conventions. He said he'll believe it when he sees it. <laughs> That awesome attitude? Yes. Well, we'd say. Newly improved His attitude, attitude is newly improved so great that he's leaving the con to go to your wedding. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Missing Saturday. Will big day know? at the con. I know. That's a big day. It is. That's love. That's filial love. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, one other person that I missed at the after party was Ed Brubaker because I was going to talk to him about a certain something that we know but we can't announce yet. I'll talk to him about it next week. I can't say great. it either, can I? Damn it. Um, <laughs> damn it. Uh, so uh, we can, we'll talk a little bit more about Comic-Con. Uh, thank you for that stirring report yes. uh, of Image Expo. I have a big uh, write-up that I want to send you. 
Love it. The problem is all the computers went down at work. The entire network fried over the heat wave. No. So I've been unable to do <coughs> fanboy planet work from work, which is what I normally do at work. I've actually Not too had, often, though. I know, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I don't ask that much. No. Uh, but now would be a good time. I, I would have time. So if, they, if it gets restored, I've been It's restored. It. I just now I'm training someone to take over for me because oh, my okay. last day is Friday. It's a. <gasps> I got a lot to fit in here. Dun dun dun! It's true. It's happening. It's 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 that that just made it all real. We should have Dan come over. Dan, come on over, say hi. Dan Votto, the owner of SLG, uh, our boutique and gallery, and publisher of SLG Graphics. Wait, that's redundant. SLG Comics uh, <laughs> is uh, who will be at Comic Con next week. Yeah. No, it's exciting for me. It's exciting because it'll be the first time I walk by your booth and I actually know somebody there and go, "Hey, Dan." Dan's prepping for Comic-Con remember me? Right now. Yeah, I know he is. Hey, you could have done that at any time. We had not actually met a year ago. I don't think we actually had. I think I had just uh, walked over and, and introduced myself maybe three, four months before Comic Con last year. I think it, it, it wasn't that. that really, long. they all run together for me. I, I understand that. Just some headphones, sir. Uh, yeah, they all kind of run together for me. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's, so if I, we, I seem like I've known you for like ever, but I, you're right. I think I've only known you for like a year. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Wow. Sarah's so I, I have that effect face. on people. I, yeah. I, I, I have timeless. that kind of face where people do that. Either timeless or, or weren't just, you just here? Are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, and. So uh, you're prepping, so I won't keep you long because obviously you've been kind enough to open up the place to us tonight. Oh, no. but but you've got I know you've got a lot of work to do. So, but yeah, apparently not as much as I thought. I'm having problems with a uh, with a large format printer that I, that that's just now going to have to wait till tomorrow because apparently it needs a part. I got to see if I can find somebody that has one. <sighs> you're making posters for Pom- yeah. It's, it's our point of our our our, our displays. They go in in our yeah. booth that have like you know like all the big images of covers and things like that. It's sort of like the thing that would attract people over that right. makes it just not be a bunch and of tables. A lot tables. of people use balloons for that. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking I'm going I'm to hire a clown, I think. Um, or <laughs> a, a stripper. Or a clown, clown stripper. Clown stripper. Or so torn. Jazz, <laughs> jazz clown is good, too. <laughs> I actually, um, this year, my, my sons who go with me to uh, help me out and uh, a friend of mine, They've been playing as a jazz trio, and they were talking about wanting to busk in the booth. And I thought, well, we'd, we'd probably make more money that way. But Comic-Con has some specific rules against that type against of Against live so. performances? Yeah. Well, it just kind of sucks, but, you know. Well, I could imagine that if, if more than one band started up, that place could be hell. Yeah, exactly. Once Although one guy it already did it, is. like everybody would do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we'd be over here with a jazz trio, then somebody come in with a rock band, and then somebody would come out here and do, like, Actually, I went to a, a, a Wizard World show uh, when they were still doing them in Los Angeles. The very last one I ever went to. And, and the booth across from me was a hip-hop DJ. And he spun and had people dancing in the aisles. And, and there weren't that many people there, but everybody there was dancing. And it was kind of neat on the one hand, but on the other hand, it was just really, really loud and annoying. And... Um, kind of counterproductive because it, it jammed up the aisles and created like an extra wall so people couldn't get to my booth. Oh, so I was bummed. So is there anything that you look forward to at Comic-Con this year? 
this year or just in general? Well, in general, let's go with in general. I, you know, one of the things being in comics, you sort of have this extended set of friends that you only see when you go to a convention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of people that that you know I'll, I'll get my you know fifteen twenty minutes of hey how you been you know hey you lost weight oh hey you gained weight or something you know or whatever and uh, kind of catch up <coughs> I mean, you, know, you do a lot of email Facebook whatever yeah keep in touch but there's 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 still a lot to be said for for you know making contact with with someone shaking their hand, seeing, look, asking how they're doing. Um, so I, I actually I look forward to that because there's I have over now nearly thirty years of doing this. Wow. And, uh, so and and actually you know I used to work with the people at Comic Con uh, for a good ten year, almost eleven year period. We were SLG was designing the souvenir book. Uh, and actually, all the publications that they did uh, were 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 done through us here. Uh, so I worked with a lot of those people, and and they took that all back in house a few years ago, which sucked for us, but because that was a really nice bit of business. But uh, but I, I got to know and became you know fairly close with a lot of the people that are still working at Comic Con, and and it's sad because it's the only when I go to their conventions now, it's the only time I really talk to them, and they're clearly too busy to. to you know, they have other things to do, and but they, but everyone, you know, from the executive director on down, always makes a point of stopping by our booth and saying hi and see how we're doing and, and all that. So that that's neat. And that's I I value the personal connections a lot, and and that's kind of you know one of the reasons for going. And obviously, you you know you get your business reasons, and 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 you know I'm not really sure that that Comic Con as a as a vehicle for for our kind of business is really. Um, you know, all, all that relevant anymore. I mean, you can't not go because that's like saying you're not in business anymore. But, but yeah. there's really not that much to accomplish there. I mean, you can't really. The cost of exhibiting has become such that you can't make money just selling your product. Um, hmm. And you know, the things that that you hope maybe come later, media deal or something, those probably going to come your way anyways. Uh, I can't think of of any any media deal that we've made for any property of ours that, that started with, oh, and I saw this at Comic-Con. Do you get kids coming up to you with their portfolio? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, what was it, three years ago, I was I was in that uh, that uh, documentary, whatever, the Comic-Con documentary, oh, the Spurlock yeah. documentary. The Spurlock yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I, I have that. I haven't watched that yet. Uh, it's yeah. the one that came with the it, uh, action figures. I have it, but the action figures, the Joss Whedon and the Morgan Spurlock action figures. So I, I get a lot of people that come to me for, with portfolio reviews and, and, and a lot of people who, who leave kind of like shaking a little bit. <laughs> because uh, I think that... With joy? No. Um, I think a lot of people come come to us because we're very accessible. You know, you walk into your to the DC, the DC editors aren't even in the DC booth, really. Right. They're, they're in the portfolio review area. And somebody goes walking around and, you know, DC booth, Dark Horse booth, whatever it mm-hmm. might be, it's very large and imposing. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, like here them. I am. I'm right across from DC. And so I end up seeing a lot of people with Batman and Superman and DC characters in their portfolios who are disappointed that there was no editor in the booth in the DC it's hard to even call it a booth. It's more of a yeah, the area, yeah, <laughs> right? You know, it's the ours, compound. Ours, ours is a six booth setup, and I, you know, that that sounds big until you see like DC's. I think thirty. 
something 20. I can't remember. It is huge. But it's huge. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. So at any rate, uh, people will come up and, and, you know, friendly guy and whatever, and we'll sit down and tear it up, hmm. you know, <laughs> and not, not on purpose, but I mean, I, I, I try to give honest Just feedback. What they need. A lot of people who, who come up to me with their portfolios and actually at Comic-Con, it's not really, it's not really as, as big a deal as people who just walk in the front door. That, that, that happens quite frequently actually. Or, or at a party even. Oh, hey, look, somebody whips out their iPad or iPod and they, or iPhone. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> sorry. That's where Rick inserts the monkey sound. Yeah, okay. So, but anyway, someone <laughs> comes up and shows you your work. And you know, now I, 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 I sort of preface it. If it's a social situation, I'll stop people and go, okay, you just asked me to do my job. Right? Is that okay with you? And not knowing that that means, okay, well, you're going to get an honest answer. And a lot of times it's just, you're just not there yet, you know, and people yeah. who work hard, and I get that because, yeah. you know, we're kind of like in a similar situation in, in just with our space here. But, um, you know, you're not there yet. You need more work. You need to do this. You need to do that. And some, some people think, because drawing such a, a solitary thing and you know maybe you got your your mom or your girlfriend or you know your wife or husband or or someone that's giving you positive reinforcement and that might be the extent of it until you set foot yeah you know and sh- here you go or i get a lot of i love johnny or i i love slg books and i think i'd be great yeah. you know on your on your uh on your brand on your label and and i'm like and I look at it, it's like, what books did you read? You know, I mean, or or it looks exactly like them. Like you're not doing anything original or or mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's this just could be anything. But I see more and more people just kind of. And I talk about the Spurlock documentary, and I think it's a, it's actually a very accurate way of of, of illustrating how I review a portfolio because the the advice I gave that kid, and he's not a kid; he was an adult. Um, or you, you know, in his twenties, I guess I don't remember, but I said, you know, this is Spider Man, this is Superman, you know, these are superheroes. It's great, but you know, anybody could have drawn these. You know, where is? I think the guy's name was Chip. Yeah, it was Chip. I go, where? Maybe it was Wait, Chip. There, Chip. Maybe it was Charlie. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Maybe Chip, this listening. doesn't hurt hey, too much. I know. I'm bringing it, it back up. At the end of the movie, Trisket. he was crying, and everybody said, "You made that guy cry." I go, "I didn't make that guy cry. That guy cried because he realized he had a lot more work to do." But I said to him, I said, listen, where's, where's the art, where's the work in here that says Chip drew this? And I point, and, and it's funny, and I'll, I'll, you know, just, sorry, I know I'm blabbering on about it, but earlier in the movie, in the documentary, they're, they're showing this guy assembling a portfolio, and he's done this, this portrait of Barack Obama. And as whoever's leaning over his shoulder says, don't put that in there. And, you know, then he gets to me and I'm flipping through the pages and I stop at, you know, the illustration of Barack Obama. And I point, I go, yeah, that's good. And it was like the the only drawing that had any real passion in it. You know, it's like he felt passionate enough to draw who at the time was the new black, you know, first black president, new president, because um, this thing was filmed years and years ago. Yeah. And, um, I, and, you know, he was he was that motivated. You know, by that drawing. And it was clearly, it was head and shoulders above all the other stuff. 
And so this is an example. You listen to your, well, let's call it your, your, your wife's advice, your mom's advice, whoever's advice it was. If you'd have listened, you wouldn't have put that in there. You wouldn't have gotten any positive reinforcement from me. But it was the one drawing that looked like him. Yeah, you know, I get what you're saying. And it's like, yeah, make Spider-Man look like you drew it. I mean, obviously you have to draw Spider-Man in a specific style, but you can still make it your own. And the same thing with Superman, same with Batman. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, these those those editors will give you the the the, the company line all the time about like, oh, you got to draw the style sheet, but they'll respond to something that looks really cool, a cool interpretation of their characters. Yeah. Look at Hawkeye, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you walked in with a portfolio that looked like that and just wanted to get a Spider-Man job, maybe you'd never get it. But but boy, you put it together with something and you get that. That's a visually mm-hmm. enticing mm-hmm. book, you know, and, yeah. and more books should be not look exactly like that, but should have that same sort of personality, at least in terms of, of Marvel. And or maybe don't take the A-list character, take a C-list character, and make him look A-list. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that would be my advice. If you were trying to get work with Marvel and DC, don't go in there with Spider-Man pages because everybody's going to have Spider-Man. Well, we are so lucky that Rick brought his portfolio with him tonight. And, <laughs> and it's on his iPad. It's definitely C-list. It's, uh, it's 23 pages of Brother Power of the Geek. I, You know what? Years ago, I wrote for DC, and I wanted to do a Brother Power of the Geek series i love and that, that, that yeah I, I love those two issues <laughs> and i uh it's brilliant those yeah. guys you know it's, in it's, its own way it's a very heartfelt parody of of uh, origin stories and then yeah. what it what it takes to be a hero i i actually i wrote a proposal and i submitted it to karen berger and she uh she liked it and then uh she called me like a month later and said oh yeah neil gaiman wants to do a brother power of the geek so you're you're kind of not uh, you, that's not going to happen Oh, bummer. Game on! Yeah. You know what? If you, if you went in there, like, you know, with with uh, uh, a red tornado that looked amazing. Yeah. You know, to, to DC, like, oh, here's here's my vision of the red tornado and showed that to an editor. You're not just showing off your art. You're showing off a potential for the char- for a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and granted, you're really rolling the dice when you do that. It's like... You probably nine out of ten guys who work at DC. You don't even know who the hell Red Tornado is. Or you stand a good chance of stepping on something they're already thinking about doing. Well, they'll always tell you that. Oh yeah, we got one in the works, and they lie. Yeah, they're lying. <laughs> okay, so maybe we should go ahead, right? And you've got a Comic Con preview yourself. Well, just a couple of things we're going to talk about because Nate and I had been exchanged exchanged emails a couple times that, that this year, you know, there's a lot of comic stuff happening, of course, but. This year, there's a lot of behind the scenes. Like, there's a casting agents, a panel on on getting cast. There's a panel of film art directors and what they're looking for. And it's it feels like it's become a Hollywood expo <coughs> in a more behind the scenes way than it ever had before. And uh, so, as I believe the email that I got forwarded from Nate was, "Oh, years I couldn't go." Uh, <laughs> they will not look at Nate and find him at Schwab's uh, drugstore and and cast him. He bought the sweater too. But there's a lot of there's a lot of how to going on in industries other than comics. All of a sudden, and again, is spreading all over the place. Uh, Zachary Levi is back with Nerd HQ taking over Petco Park, the part that is not infested by zombies, of course. Right. Um, oh, so Nerd HQ is moving into Petco. Yes, because it was down. I know, and now it's in Petco, and they've got uh, and they're they're having a 
display all, all all around there and then they just uh, just before i got down before i left to come down here i got the email with uh, a preliminary roster on saturday so uh, are you familiar with nerd hqs yeah work? actually it's funny because what i i got a list from someone of of uh all the stuff that you could do in san diego that doesn't involve having a ticket yeah i mean and that's the thing it's, it's like it's second that, thing. that is one of the things except you know it's like eleven dollars per uh panel at Nerd HQ, and all of it goes to the I want to say the Smile Foundation, or I'm, I'm, I'm the title the title of the group is is short, but it is those to that uh, fix people uh, children with uh, cleft palate. Oh yes, in, in Africa. Oh and, yeah, in I know what countries. Um, the Smile Initiative. <laughs> yeah, I think it is actually something. So, um, so I mean, all you know, they are donating all the money to charity, which is I think is is wonderful. Um, but it is interesting that again, that's a, that's a major component that is not uh, that is not uh, Comic Con based. And then Trickster, uh, the the Trickster Lounge that uh, Scott Morris was involved with a few years ago, and that Mike Manola was part of, is also uh, taking over a larger a larger venue. So Comic Con has its has its Slam Dance and its uh, what was wasn't there another one that even tried to spin off of Slam Dance, smaller from Sundance. Um, they have a couple of slam dances, basically, is, is going on. So counter, as well as in November, they have their own comics fest back in the uh, hotel, uh, where it is only just comics and talking about comics and having wow. a dealer's room and that's exchanging. Our, that's so, an interesting concept. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of, it's kind of interesting. It, it becomes a little worrisome for me. I mean, all that stuff that's popped up around it is actually kind of eroding, you know, things that people buy a ticket for. <laughs> And I, I know a lot of people who are going down that aren't – woman that just walked in the front door is going down without a ticket. doesn't seem to really care that she doesn't have one. She says, I'll just pick one up, and if not, then we'll just hang out and do all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not something you really can just pick up because of the way they check um, – right. Yeah, it's, but it's I could gotten imagine, a lot more – But lot I, I could imagine you could see a lot of stuff. Like last year, there was the Warner Brothers st- – I don't know if, they still, if they're going to have it again – no, the the Warner Batman Brothers stage stuff. out where the Batmobiles were without getting into the regular pavilion. Uh, right, regular, and yeah. saying, so I mean, you could spend a no, day. I agree. I agree. You could spend a day. You there could spend a week there without, uh, you know. And then they had the Frankenweenie. Said you did have to have a badge to walk through the the pet cemetery that they had set up for Frankenweenie, but to see the overall effect of what it was, that you know, you didn't have to be. You could yeah. stand in line. You could get, uh, you know, you could still get the handed out T-shirts and the you stickers don't have to and whatever. Anything. Do you get into the Zach Levy, Levy thing? It's per panel. So you pay eleven dollars per panel, like if this celebrity oh, you want it, you want to to hear Zachary Levi himself, who is o- about to open in a Broadway show, uh, is uh, flying out to to do a panel, and then he'll be gone again. So, um, and then the nightlife. I mean, the the, the chances of uh, you know crashing a party that's not a that's got celebrity sightings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is and those have cropped up like crazy too everybody seems to be throwing a party you don't even need to go to a party you just go hang out near the hotel lobby and see everybody that you want to see that's well that that's a, that's you want to see the the, con, the people that are going down without a ticket they don't want to see the comics creators that are drinking at the at the hyatt uh, <laughs> we do we like talking to them but uh, we're alone so so alone <laughs> so um we should have a, a, a small condo that's hidden over somewhere in the gas lamp and i don't have to deal with any of that oh that'd stuff. Be, that would be awesome and i go I, back and i barbecue every night that would be great and i think i can i i i, I can uh, announce but maybe clap so if i if i get told i can't 
that uh, I have been asked to uh, wait. There it is. I think. Yeah, I just got a confirmation on my email. I can announce that the Pro Fan Trivia Contest on Sunday afternoon uh, will be uh, written and hosted by Fanboy Planet. Oh, my. So uh, I will be the quiz master. The awesome. Zorlak, I need a you're, hat. You're the host. You're not hosting the event unless you're no, no, willing no. to spend a lot I more am money. The, than I, I am the quiz master. Where you uh, wear a little I am Billy Quizmaster. I will have a metal hand and an eye patch. Where you inflate your head a little and bit And I more. will speak. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just back off, Kettle. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, uh, so there's an event that we'll, that we'll have, direct, have a direct in. It's, a, it's quite an honor to be asked. That's uh, awesome. It is, uh, and it just that just came up this week. So I'll see you guys. I got to write some questions. Uh, <laughs> but uh, of all the comic cons to not attend, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. So on Sunday afternoon, and, and uh, finally They're a reason only doing it because we aren't going to be there, Nate. Finally a reason for me a thousand times. Finally a reason for me to stay on Sunday afternoon because <laughs> that is a difficult day to, oh, to to stay on Sunday of Comic Con. Have you ever? Well, you must I, have I'm there. All tried the time. to actually tried Sunday's to drive become, back on a Sunday night. Sunday. No, we're. I'm in that building till That's like nigh nine, impossible. nine, ten o'clock yeah. at night, cleaning up our booth, packing up our booth. And Even if you left before that, can't do it. I know. I left. <laughs> I left once, and they closed a section of five. Yeah. Like, why would why would the state choose to do that on that of all days? They hate nerds. <laughs> it was like going through these back roads in in southern Los Angeles, and like I don't know where. Every year I've gone, I've had to pull off the freeway and take an hour and a half nap. At least one year, one year like Dan, I did. I did run a booth uh, for Catastrophic Comics, and I packed up, and it was like yeah, nine o'clock, and we got out of there, and I said I will drive as far north as I can, and then pull over and get a hotel. (laughs) I I drove about an hour, so I got about ten miles. Right, (laughs) an hour. We had it's it's too much. And I, you know, I went to there a, for a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving yeah. on Monday and, and yeah. start setting up on Tuesday. And by the time Sunday run, rolls around, it's like, man, who's got the energy to? And, I still oh, owe you two bucks. And on oh, top of that, now, yes. now Sunday has actually become like our busiest business day because uh, all the people that had four-day passes, there's no Hall H programming. Mm-hmm. All the stuff in the streets rolled up and gone away. Yeah, uh, and there aren't that many major panels, so there's a lot more time. People are running around the dealers' hall. All the exclusives are sold. Um, you know, you, you probably put them all on eBay while you were waiting in line for them, or but, sold them to other dealers. If you yeah. notice that, you walk around in the dealer section. Yeah. There's yeah. like, oh, that thing I couldn't get now three times as much. So people are walking around. <laughs> I got a with, profit with once from a Green Lantern, but I gave it to Nate at cost. That's right. But, <laughs> that was awesome. I regretted that. I loved it. <laughs> Still have it. Did not put it on eBay. That's my friendship. There we go, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, even though D twenty three is happening, uh, Marvel will still have a big presence there, and we'll have uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Thor: The Dark World. Uh, we'll have panels. I'm Amazing sure they'll Spider-Man announce too. Vin we'll Diesel's panels. role. Uh, well, we'll talk about that because he made some. He gave, dropped some hints. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so let's talk about. It. But let's. Let's talk about uh, some other comics things. Didn't you get a letter from Carl? Well, it was in response to Trinity War. So wow. uh, that was how fast it was actually a text. I got it, which I was not sure I posted uh, my review of the of Justice League number 22 and then this this note came came by a text from Cardiangelo uh, 
friend, a friend of the podcast and owner of Earth Two in Sherman Oaks and Northridge, uh, that uh, identity crisis did not happen in the new Fifty Two, and I was like, "Did I what? What did that have to do with anything?" And then it was because of 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 an occurrence in uh, Justice League number twenty two, where I referred to a character. I was trying to be very vague, as like long time readers would presume this character is a villain, but it's clearly not being set up that way so far in the new 52. And so he was just correcting me and reminding me that in the confusion as to what has actually happened in that five or so years that keep getting rewritten, um, that identity crisis, which is one of my favorite miniseries of, of the last 20 years did not happen. So those events, which actually makes sense. Cause I don't think the elongated man exists in the new 52. Haven't seen it so far. Yeah. Um, we're really so, trying to figure out if Bizarro has appeared in the new 52. I think he's coming up. They, I think there's been a foreshadowing of him showing up in a villains group of the, of the new secret society. Yeah. But I don't think he's shown up in the new 52. No, but, but, but they'll still make jokes and reference and so yeah. forth. Because, well, you know, like in the outside things, because the, the, the problem with new 52 and perhaps, I don't know if Dan, Last time we talked, I don't think you were really reading anything of that either. But uh, the problem is, again, it's just like what happened when they rebooted in 1986 with Man of Steel is, like, everybody wanted those toys. You took them all away, and then slowly everything starts co- starts coming back in. Uh-huh. And then it's like, well, but we like that thing, so we want to have that thing. And, you uh, know, so... Where's my crypto? Yes, I think, he, you know, I wish I thought Graham Morrison handled crypto well, but it was still like, what? <laughs> you know, then, but you said it wasn't going to happen. Where's my Beepo? And uh, Beepo? Beppo. 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 Two Ps. One E. Beppo. Yes. Uh, and uh, like, and then Scott Lobdell has taken over both action and Superman right now, and it's become like Marvel in the 90s, and the continuity is out of whack where the issue of Superman takes place... After Before the next issue, or after the next issue? After the next two issues of action, and Hector Hammond makes reference to things that are still going to happen a couple of months from now. And all of it is just sort of... Um, I was going to bring that up. I was trying to find that reference where it said, this story takes place after two issues from now no. in a different book. <laughs> and it's just oh, like, thanks a lot. Wow. But at the same time, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Tomorrow's Avengers right. is actually a prequel sort of to the entire Guardians of the Galaxy series, and it's just coming out now. Well, wasn't yes. that a reprint of like old stuff? No, no, no. It looked like it for a second. There was then. a Star-Lord special that was all the original Star-Lord appearances, mm-hmm. but this was like little solo stories that really are just kind of give you a taste of who the characters are. The original Star-Lord from the oversized books? Yeah. Okay. There's a seven ninety. There's a seven ninety nine. Uh, book that uh still uh, put him in black and uh, black and white except for the one that was from that had been done the marvel super special or super spectacular that had been in color yeah um so they reprinted it beautifully but i had all those so i didn't feel like buying yeah, that one but the guy but the tomorrow's garage. avengers is all new little short solo stories hmm. and they're not like there's nothing that's going to be like <gasps> you know I, I have to have that but if you're a completist and if you don't know who the guardians of the galaxy are it's it was only like four ninety nine, and it was a pretty good, good summation. You just of, said a comic is only like four ninety nine. <laughs> What's happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, you know what I'm saying, you know, Nate? That's, <laughs> you hit that. Just, we started doing the regular retail thing here, and it's been a long time since I did that. It's like, jeez, these things are <laughs> too expensive, you know? And it's like, shake my head. Yeah. And it, I'm like, who's buying this stuff? I mean, I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, you know not, who's buying it, but how are they buying it? Well, that, yeah, more, that would be more to the point, I yeah. guess. How how can anybody afford to buy well, all of Robin's got a lot better. Yeah, it has. It's, yeah. Well, and they said salt's not as bad for you as they used to think. So, yeah. Did they? They have revised that and said, yes, they didn't know, you know, yeah. That like everything, it's like a certain percentage of the population is adversely affected by salt, but they have uh, no way of knowing who, who it those is. Are. You know, so it's like, gee, once again, life in Thanks. general is a crapshoot. Thanks. Uh, but let's talk about Trinity War. Just pretty, did you actually read Justice League 22 today? I did not. I read okay. Pandora. Okay, which I did not particularly like the rebooting of Pandora or, or, the, was, I, or the setup of Pandora. I was swearing at it on almost every page. I'm so glad I put it in my poll box. Yeah. But I actually thought that the beginning of the Trinity War isn't horrible. <laughs> no, I mean, because it's like I said, it, it's it's a prelude. It's like what it, it, it's beautifully drawn. Even Ivan Rice. Okay. Um, artwork, really, really good. Uh, He's been the regular artist. For yeah, yeah. But, you know, but I was kind of comparing it to like when, when I was a kid, one of the things that got me into just really reading comics on a regular basis were the team books. So really... If you were just a kid, sure, coming in and say three ninety nine, and you've got you know, I have a cat three ninety nine. Oh, I might as well buy one that has everybody in it. That has everybody in it. It has three different super teams, you know. So it's Justice League, Justice League of America, Justice League Dark, the Trinity of Sin. Uh, you know, everybody appears. So it's like, yeah, there's a, ch- there's a chance it's going to be a character. If you're buying from that perspective, chances are there's a character you, that you like that's going to be in it. Um, and there's a heavy focus on Shazam, uh, which is kind of interesting. It just feels a little derivative. But then that's the other thing I think is like we've been reading comics so long. And we've gone through so many of these big crossover events right. that it's like, of course, we've seen all this. But I, I must think back to like the question we had at the podcast on Saturday. Isn't Monsters University just Revenge of the Nerds? Well, what kid now has seen Revenge of the Nerds? And so when I'm like going... Oh, this was like uh, Underworld Unleashed. Oh, <laughs> that was like 18, 19 years ago. Yeah. Uh, nobody, uh, yeah. That was just like Moby Dick. No one read that. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you mean First Contact? Uh, or the a couple of other times that they referenced Moby Dick in a Star Trek movie? You know, and so it's kind of the, the we've been at this too long. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's what it goes with. Let's just lie away and let other people buy these books now um but uh i'm still bothered by the science fix the science fictionalization of pandora although she has you know because then she also has a good note where superman meets her and says the pandora for myth i find that hard to believe and, he, and she says you're dating wonder woman you know yeah, <laughs> you can the, fly the dummy you're yeah. an alien sort of like every time that batman would say you know his batman story would be like i don't believe in aliens your best friend is one. <laughs> you know, so, I don't believe in ghosts. You fought alongside the Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and you worked with Dead Man. And, you know, that, and there's that too. So I was like, ah, oh, you can't do that. So uh, it's all right. Um, 
Marvel launched this Share Your Universe initiative to let Frankly, the old actually, people. Frankly, if you, if you had that experience, you'd be explaining away a lot more stuff that was happening well, around. I, I went on to the next day. He didn't even know. No, uh, no, no, I, no. I'm just saying if, if, if you knew. I'm working with a ghost right now. If you personally knew a ghost. <laughs> yes. If so, there was something creaking in the back of your house, you'd be going, the house is settling. You'd be going, it's probably a ghost. Right. Yeah. Right. Other ghosts here, Dan? There are, actually. Oh, excellent. Yeah, the place is haunted as heck. Fantastic. Yeah, it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> First time we were working here late at night, it was like there was definitely a weird feeling going on in here. It does explain the old, the mulai or whatever that is head over there where the lips keep moving every now and then. What? 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 <laughs> it's like the tiki room. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. No. Uh, yes. Anyway, Marvel launched this share your share your universe initiative this week, which is an intention to actually let the older people stand aside and let the younger people get in there. So it's uh, they're offering like free episodes of Avengers Assemble uh, online uh, or for your iPad to, to download for a few weeks, uh, trying to create a social network where people will come together and talk about their love of Marvel characters. Older people talking about the love of history of the comics and kids talking about why they like the superheroes and the toys and the, and the cartoons and so forth. So they are promising they're going to have a f- better explanation soon, like as to what exactly they are hoping will happen with it. But they just kind of launched the message boards, the forums, which are already kind of happening for both Marvel and DC. I normally don't really hang out on their websites, but uh, when they, you pull, when I pull artwork to put on a review or an article, I see, man, there really are a lot of people chatting up about these things. All very positive. Can't wait for Pandora number two. And I think, oh, that wasn't Rick. Uh, <laughs> so, and there's a small contingency of we love this new Phantom Stranger. This I, I've been reading Phantom Stranger. I was get it was getting better. And this is probably gonna kill it for me. He, but here's what I feel about the Phantom Stranger is J.M. De Mateus is doing the best job he possibly could to put the Phantom Stranger back on track after a rethink that was wrong for the character. Okay. So he's trying to deal with, which I'm not saying defends the book. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I don't think it's that great. I think I see a writer struggling <clears throat> to bring it in line with what people really do like about that character. But it's not so much about the characters it's about what DC's marketing is right now, because every time they come up with one of these lame crossovers, and they inject it into more and more books. It makes me want to buy fewer and fewer of their books. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be. I don't want to be reading one one ancillary book like Phantom Stranger, which is tied into their whole supernatural vision for the DC universe. And then they'll have a supernatural event where they bring in all this other lame crap into the Phantom Stranger zone. But to be fair, that marketing strategy has worked very well for Marvel. As we've gone from Civil War to I guess Secret it hasn't invasion. bothered me that much over there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, so, I wonder why. <laughs> Fear itself. Um, well, I, I don't know that you were. Fear itself was so much better than this stuff is. Although I think, like, as much as I like Journey into Mystery, books in the Fear in Fear itself do not stand up to rereading on their own. Like, you can't get into the trade. It's very hard to get into the trades of a storyline that was ha- of a character that was happening during that event because it's referencing something that happened that's not in this book. Right. You know, and so that's... And most of the big character changes that happened during those books were got were erased undone. by the end of it. Right, and right, so right, it didn't right. matter. So, yeah. 
And I'm saying that strategy has worked, though, very well for that company. So I, I can't blame DC for trying to emulate that. I do think it's interesting, and I observed this in, in my review today, that both that Justice League, sort of the Trinity War, and then the event that will follow up, Forever Evil, both revolve around a character, two separate characters, that actually first appeared in Flashpoint. Okay. So Pandora, oh, yeah, we know the, that Pandora yeah. is aware of the Flashpoint universe, and although she hasn't referenced we it. We assume that she We assume she does because she was manipulating things in Flashpoint yeah. to do that, and The Outsider. Yeah. The Outsider, or Mr. Outsider, as they're sometimes referring to him in these books right now, is starting the new secret society of supervillains, and he is assumed, again, he had not appeared before Flashpoint. He's suddenly part of Flashpoint, and yet very visually take you back to the Silver Age is referencing Alfred from right. uh, when Alfred was the outsider in the 60s. So just kind of, you know, I, I don't know if that's just like a big red herring or a nod to... Hey, longtime fans, we care about you too. I, you know, it's like <laughs> there's a tease that we no, you don't. All. No, you don't. Um, but uh, so I'm back to the best book that I read this week was the Smurfs anthology, uh, a beautiful hardbound collection of Smurf stories that have nothing to do with the Smurf movies. The day of the zombie Smurfs. Yeah, so it, it, it really it's basically a collection of I think the first four trade paper little trade paperbacks that they did. They did hardbacks. They well, they did. They were doing them as small hardbacks as well, right. depending on where you wanted to buy them. Right. But this is a, but twenty bucks is a big album sized and more appropriate, I think, for making it look a little more European. Yeah, um, like an asterisk, slightly. Yeah, and that's exactly where you know I think asterisk and Dintin or Dandan, as I've heard some people pronouncing it now. Um, I can't remember what. Can you think of? You're talking about Tintin. Yes, oh. but I've heard people say Dandan. Um, what's the name of the artist on Asterix? Uh, or Asterix. Uh, oh. uh, I want to say Uderzo, but I couldn't remember. Like I can't, I can't remember if that's a first name or last name. Because I know you can say Hergé's. Hergé is for Tintin. Uh, you can say Walt Kelly for Pogo. You know, when I think of like great cartooning, Carl Barks for Uncle Scrooge. And surprisingly, the Schrumpfs or the Smurfs are, you know, there really is, there's that kind of level of storytelling going on in those in those stories. I never watched the Hanna-Barbera show, so I'm going to look at Nate not as an accusation, but I think because you're closer to the age to have watched the Smurfs on mm-hmm. television. Yes. And is it just people like the Smurfs, or do you really feel in history that the Hanna-Barbera Saturday morning series was actually good? If I watched it now, I would hate it. Okay. But as a kid, it was good, just like most cartoons were good when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, so... All right, yeah. So I, 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 I can't fairly compare. Actually, I can't say that. I think I would still like it. <laughs> and I did note that the Smurfs two, uh, the movie which is coming soon, the reason that I may have to break down once this is Jonathan Winters' final uh, screen performance as Papa Smurf. So uh, it's like uh, I'm kind of interested to hear. And you just, can just uh, listen to it because you won't see him. Actually, it's just his voice. right, right, right. But it's just kind of nostalgia and just go. Uh, there was a guy who was wasted by Hollywood. Um, but and Neil Patrick Harris. Everybody loves Neil Patrick Harris now, right? Yes, but yeah. But regardless, I think people should uh, pick up the Smurfs anthology and be very surprised. There's political satire in King for a Day, uh, or sorry, the Smurf King and the Purple Smurf and. Uh, there's the origin of Gargamel, which I did not know, and because uh, all I knew about Gargamel was from watching Robot Chicken episodes, 
And uh, <laughs> he wants to eat the Smurfs, right? Yes. No. In the cartoon, he wants to. Oh no! So in the store, in the his first appearance, the reason is he's an alchemist, and Smurf blood is crucial to uh, transmuting lead to gold. That might actually be what the cartoon is. So, but on Robot Chicken, he wants to eat the Smurfs. (laughs) So, so um, Asterisk was written by Rene Gosinini and illustrated by Albert Underzo. Uderzo. Uderzo. Okay, okay. So I, I, that that name was right coming yeah. to my head, but okay. So um, yeah. Anyway, I say that he stand, stands up there, and it's going nicely on my shelf next to my Pogo collections, and uh, and my dream of uh, of I should go back and pick up Asterix because I remember loving that the, those books as a kid. So now the Basilisk Blink. Uh, should we talk some movie stuff? Uh, you you hinted at the Vin Diesel. Rumor and it is just rumor. He said like he, what emphasized? I don't know what they what they want me for, but they have a tunnel vision. vision you know, uh, so yes, they have tunnel vision. Um, so I saw an an article. I don't remember which website it was from, but uh, he's standing. He took a picture in the Marvel offices in front of a, a cover of Avengers number two. I was like, hey, Avengers two, get it. Ah, but oh. they're like some of the guesses are, oh, he could play giant man. No, he can't play giant man because, because giant it, man is Hank Pym and he's <laughs> smart. <laughs> and he's Ant-Man and Ant-Man will be at your rights, baby. We don't know yeah. what's going on with that. Um, you could play Wonder Man. Yeah, he could see that. I can see him play Vision. Vision just has a weird voice. Vin Diesel has a weird well, isn't, voice. Isn't, isn't Vision Wonder Man's personality in the He's got, the Human Torch's body? Yeah, there's, there's which some, will not be the explanation for it. Connection. Although it could be because you see the Human Torch in Captain America. Right. We talk about they, but they have to call him something else. They can't say they've got the Human Torch because they just call him Tom Hammond then. Yeah, that was his name. Have you, you, I'm the only one at this table who reads Ultimate Comics Ultimates, right? No, I read it, but Did I'm way read, behind. So, so uh, no, I'll, I didn't read I'll it. I'll spoil a little bit for you. <laughs> so the essentially, la- you're the only one at this table who's read it. <laughs> the latest the latest issue introduces the West Coast Avengers, who are actually put together by a kind of a bad guy. But Isn't West Coast in the Ultimate Universe like Colorado? Yeah, well, no. you think. California uh, still exists. California okay. still exists almost as a separate country, but um, they make him out to be a bodybuilder who's used too many steroids and got thrown out of the bodybuilding business. Wonder because, Man is? Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> pathetic. He's just such a joke. What awesome. an abused character. Yeah. He is just an abused character. And for a while, people really, really liked him. Yeah. So I don't know. They turned the Black Knight, in, they turned the Black Knight into a, a giant black cyborg of a Black Knight. And it's almost parody because he gets like limbs cut off and stuff and you're going Monty Python. No, of course, um, it's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. Indeed, it's uh, a metal. It's a there thing. was a production company shuffle this week, and we're not sure what the impact will be. But Legendary Entertainment, which uh, co-produced with Man Warner, of Steel. Man of Steel, The Dark Knight trilogy, Three Hundred, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, basically, with the exception of Harry Potter, pretty much all the movies that people thought were cool that came from Warner Brothers for the past decade or so, right. And they have split uh, from Warner Brothers and now signed a deal with Universal. Hmm. Hmm. 
So that was just announced today that they're with Universal, which may mean that we may get Hellboy 3, which I'm not so sure I'm all that excited about. Oh, Hellboy's, they were both good movies. As much as I liked them, I don't know that I needed the 3. And because one of the reasons that, 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 there were, that there's a blockade for that is Guillermo del Toro wants to tell it as a complete trilogy yes, and end the yes. story. Right. Mike Mignola does not want to do that yet. He's not reached the ending of his Hellboy saga. Well. And I think he has the right. Yeah. To control that, since after all, it is his character. Yeah. Um, silly me, creators' rights. I'll I'll well, stop is, standing up for it that. It is one of those things where they did kind of hint as to the final, yeah, you know, the second movie, and it does feel like it could use another one, but maybe it's too soon. I, you know, the Magnola took such a has taken such a long hiatus from Hellboy, though. With, well, he was back in. It's it's restarted. He, he was out of it for a long yeah. time, and. And he's still not finishing it up. So, well, again, it's his right. It's his character, right? As a reader, he's yeah. taken, <laughs> he is testing me more than George R. R. Martin. Okay, that's where I was going to go. I just wanted to see what what's going to happen now that I've. Uh, I, I'll get to his Game of Thrones. I did finally finish season three. Oh, good. Um, and and very excited about it, and think that's the as everybody else has reached that conclusion, best show on television. Yeah, but um. Maybe I'm sorry. Nate's eyes got big. Maybe not as good as Walking Dead. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that was fighting words. That was fighting words. We're gonna have it. And and Dan swords can versus admission. zombies. There's Ooh, a stage. We can totally go. Uh, and dragons. There's dragons. There are. Um, and of course, this week Pacific Rim opens up. Uh, and already all the prognosticators are saying, "Oh, nobody wants to go see Pacific Rim." And I don't know. Really, I'm really tired of that. Stop running articles before a movie's opened, telling us what we do and do not want to see. They have no idea. In this they have case, no brothers. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, you're right. That does depend on that. And Kanye West, however, tweeted that it was the greatest movie he'd ever seen, y'all. Kanye West just ruined Pacific Rim's chances <laughs> of making any money. Are you kidding, though? I mean, I, I, I would bet there were a lot of people that weren't going to go see Pacific Rim that suddenly heard Kanye West say that and or saw They're the tweet and went, and went, we got to see that, yo. So uh, no. Justin Bieber thinks he's got to go now. Oh, he might even bring his monkey. The more so, I was when I first saw teasers and trailers for that movie, I was like, "Yes, I want to see that." The more I've seen of it, the less I want to see it. A Pacific Rim? Yes. Really? Why is that? It just looks uh, a little hokey. Hmm. The preview before Man of Steel, I just sat there and thought, "Oh yeah, Pacific Rim," and then it started up, and I was like, "Yeah, this looks good," and then it. Kept going, and I thought, no. It's like, again, another, remember Robot Jocks from the late 80s? I recall recall talk of it, yes. I did not see it. But this looks so much better than Robot Jocks. It looks better because the special effects are better. But again, you have people running in midair, like controlling this robot and like grabbing things, but they're not really grabbing things. I hate you know that kind of movie. Have you read about that, that part of it? Because they do explain it quite well. But I hate that kind of movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Haters got to hate. Sorry. Well, that's right. No, fair enough. You're not going to change your mind on that. Um, how about the Wolverine? I'm excited for the Wolverine. Yes. All right. Because uh, I saw Wolverine, and I didn't like that. <laughs> Anything would have to be better than that. It's yeah. kinda so like, I'm following the progression. It's kind of like G.I. Joe sucks, and G.I. So Joe 2. This too. is going to be bad. Oh, yeah. You know, and I feel bad, Rick. i got to apologize to the listeners that were at Westercon. Because in my backpack, I totally forgot it was like got in the corner as I did have to give away limited edition th- real D 3D GI Joe glasses. Wow! And I I I 
forgot to pull that out. My excitement to get all the books out and the DVDs, I forgot to pull that out. So at the next convention, <laughs> someone remind me, we will give away G.I. Joe Real D glasses. These are, whatever. Ones you, these are ones you can keep. They are, oh, oh, yes, and... they are unopened. Oh. They are unopened, still in the pristine package. They say G.I. Joe. They're in the green color of military garb. And, uh, yes. Somehow I think they're, be- they're happier having new books. Yeah, maybe. But there might be somebody out there who's going, man, what a great prize that would be. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it away as a quiz master. Um, <laughs> you got the question wrong? Here's some G.I. Joe glasses. <laughs> Here's your punishment. G.I. Joe swag. Um, in fact, you, sir, are now obligated legally to see the third one. Because um, there will be a third one. Yeah, that'll be the one where Channing Tatum magically comes back to life. Oh, yes. Or some other actor, Duke, has plastic surgery after having been horribly scarred <laughs> in the explosion. Like Knight Rider. It could be David Hasselhoff. It, it was an explosion, right? That's what happened to yes. him. Yes. He blew well, there was yeah. lots of... But we didn't actually see him Never saw the body. He, he just evaporated. What? We never saw the body? Never saw then the body. Then he's not dead. No. Exactly. Um, so, uh, the big news today for... He's Coulson. For dead. fandom where, as I was in Elusive and I said, there's like, there are two sides of fandom like warring and they're probably even the same people fighting with themselves. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yes. has been picked up yes. uh, for a series by Fox. Okay. So it is under a deal that I believe that they call, maybe Dan, you know better, you've certainly dealt with studios, put pilot? Like there's a guarantee that it has to be at least shot? Yeah. and They're gonna, They'll make the pilot. It doesn't have to be broadcast, right? but it has to be shot. So that means everybody's going to get paid. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's going right to get down paid. To it. So, so, and that means that... that I mean, as it goes along further, uh, because of its possibility for being a series, that means they're going to have to sign actors to a contract for X number of episodes, whether they make them or not. And so, so if the they don't pick the pilot up, they just drop a lot of money on the table. But yeah, they, they spend had. a ton of money. I, they may not necessarily be like that anymore. Hollywood's not spending that kind of money. Stupid, like they but they to. still called just, it a put pilot in the trade, so that's yeah. why I just say I knew there was something a little different about that. It's not just a it's, it's, it's not on spec. It's well, basically, it's highly unlikely that it would have to be really, really horrible for it not to make it on a schedule at some point. Chances are, what even if it's really bad, they'll come back and say let's change everything. You know, this is this is actually pretty good because um, steampunk has been has been bemoaning the fact that there's not a good steampunk TV show. And it on. could be a good and steampunk TV show. And it could be a good show. steampunk. Yes, if, they, if they take up, if they get it, if they're excited about the the groundswell of interest in steampunk in the fanish community, and they, they play to that aspect. They play to a kind of hyper but here's wild, what, wild west. But here's what's going to, I'm just going to say, so Alan Moore is probably marshalling his dark forces right now. <laughs> And saying, meanwhile, publicly saying, I've not heard a thing about it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but then the fans are like, oh, no, it's on Fox. Yes. It means it's going to suck. No. And then they're going to cancel it early. So we're torn. Well, see, Fringe thing, didn't suck. That was on the only, Fox. No, Fringe the only was thing, good. The only thing exactly. bad about it is the that it's on Fox. The first season of Human Target was actually, I thought, really good. Human Target was, was one of my after the, I after liked the, Human After the pilot, the, the, the pilot was not that good, but. But it got it was, better. The but series, yeah, the was first really, season was really yeah. good. And, but uh, they, they, it, just because of the Fox is is not the director writer, right? There are so many aspects of it that right, aren't right. about facts. It's just Fox just really screwed up with placement and the schedule, and how much budget they give it. Well, see, here's the thing: is like most people bemoan Fox for this is really the basis of. 
Firefly, right. which I agree, huge mistake, horribly treated. But as Nate just pointed out, Fringe lasted, X Files lasted, mm-hmm. Millennium lasted a lot longer than that show should have. Yeah. Um, now Space Above and Beyond didn't do that well, but Space Above and Beyond also wasn't that good either. And that's oh, the thing was, is it was pretty good. BR five. I never watched. Them. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, Fox isn't any worse than any other. Uh, than any other network as far as, with the exception of it was brought up today, it was like, well, if it was on CW, it would last it, but if it was on CW, then Mr. Hyde would just have red eyes and get really mad. Actually, there are uh, two channels that House was on that Fox, have, too. And how, well, but, but it's House Sci-Fi? Doctor Show. You know, no, yeah. two channels. But it was a show. Are in the running there. <laughs> it was a show. Married with Children lasted 12, yeah, okay, great. Almost The as, Simpsons lasted 25 years. A little more hit and miss, but you kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, yeah, the Sci-Fi Channel has had some good shows, and they have had some really bad shows. But the one they're showing Sharknado, the, and I want to watch that. But the <laughs> the the show that the 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 channel that I'm looking forward to more and more science fiction and fantasy. The Science shows, Channel? No, it's BBC America. Yes, although it's funny because again, right currently it was well maybe they changed, but Supernatural Saturday, which was all. Yeah. Science shows, no supernatural whatsoever. Right. Um, but but then they've got other supernatural shows that they put in there. Have they expanded beyond the Saturday night? Because I I, I don't know. Don't I watch know. everything on my DVR, so I have no yeah, idea. Know, we don't even know. Do, 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 <laughs> did you watch War from Black? Uh, I've watched a couple of episodes of War from Black. War from Black it. was awesome. I mean, it, and I'm I haven't watched. I'm I'm just about to watch the I, last episode. I didn't. I thought it was decent. I didn't get all that drawn it's into it. It's a show that really really builds over the season. Damn it, that's what we were hoping See, about that, Flash Gordon, and I still have night sweats. Flash Gordon really, really built into a bigger and bigger pile of shit. Yes, okay, and I still have night sweats. Black is an excellent example of, of where good writing can take over something. So you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about it, about that is that it's all about concept, but you talk about, you know, it being a genre thing, there's really very little of the of, of a genre look to it. It's the crime show it's when the, it comes right down to it. It's the concept, and you know, the, the, their special effects are so seamless because it's one actress playing all those roles. All those roles. And one yeah. damn and good actress. Really, that was a gamble. Oh, man, that was a gamble. She has so many different, different really wildly yeah. different characters, and then she and then she plays herself interacting with herself in those other mo- And you just look at that and you go, I want to see how that shot was done. I want to see her acting with mm-hmm. with nothing there or whatever. But you're right. It's yeah. the concept. It can, it, people it cannot a, notice the concept for a lot. It gets to a point where, I mean, what gets lost in the whole thing, it's like you'd say, well, Fox is just a network, but it's the network that's writing the check. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it also is the one that dictates, here's who we want to reach. Right. Right? This here's is your who, target market. This is who we're trying here's to we're get trying to. to. Sell, we're tra- yeah. selling these ads. Right? And and so it does affect how these things are put together because, uh, you know, the actors are going to maybe be cast. They're going to be younger than they ought to be in, in, the, in right. terms of right. Lieb- of Lieb- extraordinary Lieb- gentleman. gentleman. And then it's will like Tom human, Sawyer be a character? Human Target's probably a pretty good example because you had a really terrible pilot, but then they had to make the rest of the episodes. They probably lost interest in it. And here you go. Over time, the ratings went up. And they renewed it for a second season. It's like. Let's put some more women into this. Let's put, they inserted not one, but two female characters. And they kind of ruined it. You know, and then like all this ridiculous stuff. It wasn't the women, it was that they lost the concept. They lost the concept and they lost the thing that made it a watchable thing, which was really cool, a compelling actor playing an interesting part and really cool stories. And it's just that simple. Because, you know, you look at stuff and 
you may disagree, but like I, I watch a lot of television because I can't afford to do anything else because I publish comic books for a living, <laughs> and it's not really much of a living. But, but so, look at this beautiful place. But I, you can live here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but like for me, the the one of the best written shows on TV. Not necessarily that it's always slam dunk funny, but it's How I Met Your Mother. I watch it from the from the standpoint of an editor of, and you guys talk about continuity, and and genre stuff you compare it i i would look at it you know there there are two shows that are on roughly the same time that one and lost and lost was on and there's a genre show and it claimed to have like this whole thing that was going to be questions that are going to be answered and this yeah. and that and these guys were clearly making it up as they were going along yeah. right and then you have how you how i met your mother which really isn't about how the guy met his mother it's about all these other characters but you have the one central question that's the title of the show right and the way they they build upon things where it was an incredibly see, well edited show too. It's an incredibly well plotted show. It's like they, these guys know they jump around in time a lot in their yeah. story exactly. Too. It's like the, it, when I I read into it a little bit because I was fascinated. I was wondering how they put it together. So it's one of the it's the only generally a sitcom is shot in one day, but How I Met Your Mother takes three days because of all that jumping around the jump cuts, uh -huh. flash forward, flash back, whatever you want to call it. And then it's one of the only uh, sitcoms that of its nature where it's not filmed in front of a studio audience. They edit it, and then they show that mm -hmm. to an audience to get a laugh track, which isn't really that important to them. But their continuity is such that the, I read this today or yesterday. Um, very daring for their final season. The entire season is going to be set over the three-day period that is this one character's wedding. Um, yeah, yeah. So you've got this whole the whole thing. It's like, well, how are they going to, you know, they're going to say like the the the, the creator like of the show is saying, there's no right. holding anything right. back at this point. Now every idea <laughs> the, the, that we the, ever had, we're going to this season takes place <laughs> between <laughs> Tuesday of and Thursday. It's seventy two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the uh, but, the but, other the other absolutely great thing about a show is it's been on what five seasons, six, nine, six, nine seasons. Nine. Yeah. It'll be nine this. Wow. Year. It's but you, the character development they've had, the yeah. way the characters have changed, and and the relationships and all that's that's something you don't have in a lot of comedies. Yeah, well, and and it's also it's like I said, it gets right dramas. back to just good writing. Mm -hmm. You know, good solid. This is how you write a story. Um, we have a, a a comic that we did do called Rex Libris, and mm -hmm. for f almost five years, it was with Warner Brothers. You talk about. You know, a company that spent money, they spent money hand over fist on this thing, except for us, except for our end, of course. But, but you know, they hired someone, a very reputable screenwriter who, you know, gets movies made, not just a guy who's got his name on scripts. Wrote a script that wasn't really very good and had really no chance of ever really getting very far. Um, and now it's with a company called Walden Media. Mm. And Narnia uh, books, yeah, and they've they've got a new they they brought in a new script writer, wrote a new script, taking a take on it. It's interesting and fun, you know, and it's just good writing versus not that the other one wasn't well written, but I think he didn't really get the character. Mm. And if you didn't get the character and what it was about, then you were just never going to be able to they, write. They use that screenplay for the Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna talk about that? We talked about it last week. Did you? We're gonna talk about what an abysmal weekend it had. <laughs> well. I think we were already talking about it last weekend. It was abysmal. So, at any rate, so I, but again, 
I mean, I haven't seen the Lone Ranger. I have seen enough of it. <laughs> Don't. They spent well, two hundred million on that thing. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. It made forty eight in the first weekend. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Anybody could have predicted that was going to happen. It looks stupid. You know, and it's like it was all a concept. It was all you start with Johnny Depp and then put him in the Lone Ranger. And then oh wait, let's make him Tano. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's just you see that thing type of thing all the time and it's one of the reasons I get so jaded about the whole Hollywood thing you know coming up here going to Comic-Con it's not like we're swamped with these people but I know a few and the 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 people in in Hollywood uh that really know what they're doing are very small number of people you know and they, and it's just like they're all they're not trying to make movies they're trying to make money right well it's right? show business and they only understand what worked yesterday Right. And, you know, so, and it, it's like, like if you're going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars, like with Rex Libras, you know, my estimate is that Warner's probably spent somewhere between six and $10 million on a movie that wasn't getting made and that, and probably was not it's only a quarter of uh, the gross for. Right. But then that's it. Well, but that's Andrews. a perfect example, but right? a lot of R and D because there's a lot of research and development right. that costs for, millions. And then for, yeah. you look at a, one loss leader at a, at a, at a company like that. And they're going to release maybe 20, 25 features a year. Yeah. And for every one that gets made, there's another 10 that got fairly far along, you know, that didn't get made. And each one of those carried a cost. And so all the movies that they make, not only have, to pay for themselves, but it's somewhere along the line they have to make the money for the stuff that they didn't make. Yeah, sounds like a perfect segue to your next item, which was so well. Just the odd thing of there's a new Scooby Doo series that's puppet based. Have you seen the trailer for no, this? No, I haven't seen. It. Um, a little scared. They don't speak in it. It's just they're very Muppety, but they look like the Scooby gang. And it's just odd. I'd... Hand up the bottom puppets? Yes, or they're, they're Muppet. They're Muppety. They're Muppety. Yes. So not just kind of odd. So I don't. I hadn't heard of it before I, saw, I came across it. Uh, so it's a weird experiment in keeping the franchise fresh, which is the other thing. I mean, you know, uh, I can get exactly what Dan's saying. Kids saying. love puppets. Yeah, they're experimenting with keeping the franchise fresh by going back to the ancient technology days of, of entertainment. I'm 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 for it. I All right, know. kids, I'm going to stick my hand in this no, sock no, and no, pretend no, it's no, a dog. No, 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 ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was going to say, you know, adding to that, I had finished Game of Thrones, and a lot of people were complaining uh, online. And when I said I have one episode left to watch, they said, yes. "We don't even bother." It's like not. It's not good, at, you know, the, like the the Red Wedding, the penultimate episode of the season was the episode. That should have been the that should have been the end of the season. Right. And I, and, I, and I was watching this last episode thinking, and they don't really understand storytelling because the, because the Red Wedding did not really reset things. Right. It was the next episode that actually explained and, and set things in a different path for all the characters who survived. And I think we can say at this point, you know, I mean, because that's. Right, it's people been, understand it, but I, it's just like what a devastating episode to follow up. I, just, I love that show. Yeah, and it was just like, are you kidding? That was the perfect season ender. I mean, we can hardly wait for season four. How, well, how long do you have to wait? Because you know, it's it's going to be about six months, I think. And what are you going to do if George R. R. Martin passes away before he finishes the that's, series? That's the uh, sixty-four thousand dollar question. The 
Are there other are people outside of his house like chanting, eat a salad, <laughs> eat a salad. salad? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what uh, are you doing at a convention? Why aren't exercise, you Exercise. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I've heard that the people are saying that, but but you know it cannot be rushed. I don't know the uh, I'm I'm reading the fourth book right now because the third book kind of was the third season, although they kind of meshed some stuff in and out. The uh, oh, the stuff there they there could have been another episode as devastating as the Red Wedding ah. that will be very early in next season. All I care about, don't tell me, but it's like uh, the only thing that would make me leave that show would be if Tyrion Lannister gets killed. Yeah, and we've talked about the George R. R. Martin thing where he's forgotten what he wrote in the earlier books. <laughs> yes. And he's going, he's watching the TV show and the Red Wedding takes him by surprise. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> I don't care about this book, but if they if I kill off Tyrion, I'm, <laughs> I'm off this show. How I feel. How I feel. I yeah. liked his, I liked the face, Facebook meme that was, uh, you know, why doesn't George R. R. Martin uh, tweet? He's already killed all 140 characters. I like the one. The, ah, the one that's better. I was clever. Is the J.R. Rowling uh, first panel where she goes, "It's so hard to kill off a character," and he's down <laughs> underneath going, "Oh, you're so cute." <laughs> <laughs> yes, aren't you, darling? Uh, oh, I should uh, mention. I, I just in the video game thing. Have you you've begun playing Injustice? Nate? Yes, finally. Did you get an offer today of a new skin? I don't know. Uh, I, I think a- I did. I got an offer by. Are you playing Injustice? Just assuming I've worn this one out. No, did you, are you playing Injustice Gods Among Us? Uh, I oh no 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 I'm I'm thinking of the other one the one where I'm the beta. B- the beta yes yeah uh, Injustice Gods Among Us today offered a the Arrow skin to longtime players so it was like, like as the a TV show <laughs> yeah so I had a code I was emailed a code to enter in and uh so it was so that it looked like it it looks like that now Stephen. ML, who is the voice, who is who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow, was voicing Green Arrow anyway. But I hadn't really realized that he was doing a different voice. And so when you put in this code, not only does it look like Arrow, then the actual voice changes, huh, and becomes the way he is on the show. And so it was kind of interesting. Now, last week they offered Man of Steel. Am I? Does he take off his shirt every uh, time you play him, and do you get to see the scars? And Only the if you ask head? nicely. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but I don't like the way they scar. Like, there's always like they're like showing bones underneath when you. <laughs> it's like very Mortal Combat, which it only makes sense, but uh-huh. it's still still bad. But uh, but it was just kind of kind of interesting to see that and thinking because last week they gave uh, added Man of Steel. And Zod, but they used a comic book version of Zod. They didn't use the movie version of Zod, but they gave them the movie Man of Steel. But they didn't redesign the face to look like uh, Henry Cavill. That was the same one that they've been using for every Superman in in Injustice. But this actually redesigned the face for Arrow. So everything is like completely getting a new character with the same abilities as Arrow. So interesting. Uh, actually, the uh, our friend JC. Yes, his wife Beth keeps track of how many times he takes his shirt off during the episode. For each episode, she knows how many times he's he's done it. Plus, how many times that they're during workout sessions. Everybody needs a hobby. Yeah, I know. Everybody needs a hobby. It's so sexy. What are you? Are you offended that men are being treated as meat? Oh, men are not. Look at him. Oh, you poor masculinist. Oh, stand up for our rights. 
I'll, I'll bet you want to be paid equal with women too. I do. <laughs> so I do. Uh, all right. Anyway, if now that I've offended, now that I played the Lon Lopez role and offended everyone, <laughs> please write in if you have questions, comments. What Doctor Who for season three? Oh, the Doctor Who four season three. I forgot to mention. So what it was, season. we talked about it on the podcast at Westercon. Okay. Uh, just in your head. No, I know. Well, what it was is a box set. It's an ad for a fourth season box set with a remastered version of Terror of the Zygons, which may have not been complete before or had to be reconstructed in some way in an animated section. Oh. Um, but it's a, a limited edition box set that I don't think will actually be available in the U.S., so we got suckered. You know, I think that the BBC is smart enough that they'll market everything over here. Just well, like- I, I, it'll be different, though. I mean, but it's a be- it does look like it was a very beautiful set. Uh Coming with the card with the the sepia toned um, cards, photos of the companions that yeah. were shown in that other trailer. So it's beautiful, but not I think going to pay off for for us in the same time. Probably closer to the fiftieth anniversary in America. Something's going to come. Yeah. We know something will come global, but what they were advertising was something that currently was just for for England. So well, I think they I think they now realize that the market over here is just as strong as it is in England, and possibly even more profitable. There's more of us. Yeah. Yes. And we're suckers. So if you've got questions, compliments, comments, commentary, you want to wish Nate Costa Mazeltov, uh, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can listen to us. Of course, you probably maybe already are listening to us on iTunes. If you are, please give us a rating, a review, uh, subscribe to us, tell your friends. And the same thing goes with articles. I've been putting that up on the Facebook pages. If you like an article, Share it with your friends because, you know, we want people to know we're here doing this work. Share and your planet. Share the planet, indeed. Uh, and you can listen to us on the Stitcher app or you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. I want to thank, once again, Dan Votto for hosting us tonight at the SLG Art Boutique and Gallery. Um, Dan, what's the number? I know we're on Ray Street, but what's the address for people that want to look 44 Ray Street. That is is simple. That's the easiest address I've ever had <laughs> lot, to remember. A lot of famous 44s. Will McCovey. That. Tom Rathman. Uh, we're getting Tom into Rathman. sports. Uh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> Derek has no idea what <laughs> you're talking about. All right, sorry. <laughs> it's two more than the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Here, you know? <laughs> uh, so we're on 44 Ray Street at this really beautiful shop and really beautiful venue. So you have some events coming up. Uh, that maybe we can talk yeah, about or semi-regular events would be uh, fourth Friday we open a new art show uh, fourth Friday of every month so the next one we're actually previewing a comic that we're publishing called Rebel Angels uh, all the art was done digitally so it's very cool we're going to plaster it all over the walls and uh, that would be July 31st no 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 no, no, no 26th 26th, 26th right. here okay and then the second actually that would be tomorrow which will be last week i guess by the time yeah unfortunately up. probably but the second thursday of every month we have a jazz jam uh so if you're a jazz musician in the area and you play and you want to play with some our, our house band is really good uh guys who gig a lot so uh, chance to come and play with some really good guys and then uh watch our our uh facebook our Facebook page or our webpage at artboutique.com. We have a calendar there. We uh, do semi-regular rock shows. We're going to have a comedy show. What about the Nerd Mart? Are you bringing the back, that back? No, there really was no interest in the Nerd Mart. I was very surprised. Oh. I think that we're going to go back to just having like creator-centric uh, type of 
event, so we'll have like little mini conventions here. Okay. Uh, no, we're still I, building I like the idea of mini conventions. This is a nice space. I could see that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were trying to do the little swap meet thing, and and the Nerd Mart was, I think, a great idea that just just never really got any traction. We tried to do one here, and I had no vendors, and so we just okay. People were not interested, and and not from us. I think that you know we can do things where we have like ten or twelve artists here, and then people mm-hmm. will flock to it. But um, you know, something like that. I think you know maybe we just needed to work with someone else to help us promote it or something like yeah that. Okay. Cool. but uh but we're gonna be doing a lot of things and we're gonna revive this thing we did called the creator studio which is a uh, for aspiring uh, comic creators most of it is sort of story uh oriented on getting you to think like a writer so it's it, we have a generally we'll have an artist in residence for a day they'll come in here and uh we'll do little q a's with a couple of guys and then um what we've done that was kind of cool and very successful at the other ones that we did at the old place was uh, that the artists and I would then, whoever it might be, would sit down and say like, okay, well, you know, I would write like a two page thing and we would discuss it like a creative team. And then he would sit for the remainder of the day and just kind of lay it out. And people would circle the wagons, watch this guy and he would answer, you know, answer questions while he was doing it. While that was going on, I reviewed portfolios. So, yeah, I, it was really one of those things where you know, it was a lot of fun um, for us. And I think uh, the people who – we actually, uh, out of that, uh, we got uh, one person who I'm publishing now. Huh, cool. cool. That, that came to it. So they can find out about this by watching your calendar and Watch following calendar you on, on Facebook. On the, uh, yes, follow me if you want. See me cry <laughs> on Facebook about – Well, you, you, you It know, doesn't uh, happen as often oh, yeah. as it used to. I cry along. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, well, but yeah, the Facebook page, uh, you might, you know, Dan Votto, you, I, I, I don't ever turn down a friend request. So if you want to be my friend, sure. Sure. My but also buddy, Art, Art Boutique yeah. and Gallery has a Facebook page. Yes, yeah, Art, right. Art Boutique SJ is the, is the, okay. thing. it has the, the most complete, one of the most complete calendars of what's going on here. All Stop right. by anytime. The, the art's always up on the wall and we have, of uh, comics, cool, cool items for sale. Comics, yeah. books. We have toys, that Smurf hardcover you were talking about. Do you? Yeah, the Smurf Anthology Volume One is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for hosting us tonight. Hey, really my pleasure. It. So awesome. Next time and you come back, we'll actually have our pizza kitchen running. Wait, there's a pizza kitchen <laughs> coming there. there? Yeah, I didn't. I know. I, I thought there was a taco truck there. I saw that. I didn't see the ice cream. I didn't see pizza kitchen. It's the uh, the the oven. Ah, right there. there's the oven right yeah, there. Oh, the right flashback, there. flashback. Yeah. Okay. Amazing, Nate. You're, I know <laughs> Nate's really mad. So it's going to be pizza and comics. Uh, do we need to call Tiffany? It's off because there was pizza. Uh, wow. <laughs> Maybe grilled cheese. <gasps> grilled cheese, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Depends on what we. You'll have to come back, and uh, you know, I'm sure sampled. I'll visit town every <laughs> once in a while. I had a great grilled cheese sandwich this weekend. It was grilled cheese with bacon jelly in it. Where? It's it's, was, it's, it was up at the at the hotel at the still sounds right. I've and got wrong. the recipe for it. I'm going to make it myself. It's, it's caramelized onion, crazy jelly, grilled with, cheese. Who thought? I mean, you know, a year ago we we uh, uh, submitted to be a part of this uh, American. I think it was American. Well, I can't remember. I think it was American Express had a grant. Like it was a quarter million dollar grant for small businesses, and we were like in the final. 50 
it's one of those things she, it was like a, a thing where people had to like like you right you know and then had to write in on your behalf or whatever and so we were like we were actually got to a point where we were being considered it was a huge grant it would have changed things for my company and you were beaten by 49 grilled cheese companies. i was beaten out by the american grilled cheese company in san francisco wow yeah, the people who were giving out those grants were definitely motivated by food because mm-hmm. it was grilled cheese, and there was another company that did ice cream, and then there was another company that did some other fatty food. And then another one, uh, a worthwhile grant, I thought, was a guy who was developing a thing to help fight childhood obesity. So it's like, well, you oh, that lost out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that lost. <laughs> but it's like, you, know, you go, we were just at Sub-Zero. America needed more grilled cheese. <laughs> I was just at Sub-Zero, the street festival here, and the longest food truck line was for grilled cheese yeah i saw that I'm i like, uh, i ate at that truck grilled once. cheese it i was, eat grilled cheese every it, freaking night it's home. a really good sandwich is it really they make a really good sandwich it's, it's not just I, I didn't uh, by the time i got there they were out of cheese oh well, I, I, was I think, working my, I, think my, I got one with pastrami like it was a you know billy the kid or something so there was a roast beef well i'm not gonna go was, get a roast delicious. beef sandwich from a grilled cheese Truck. I wanted grilled. I want to see. It was what the... No, it was grilled cheese with beef in it. Oh, I see. Say, so you know, yeah. That's just a roast beef sandwich with melted cheese. Dude. <laughs> but I think no, this it was is... grilled. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a yearning for something that's simple. In this, in this I like country. the fact that we moved the pot yeah. outtakes directly into the regular part of the podcast. I kind of like that too. It was very interesting. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh we we thank Dan Votto, and I want to say one more time. uh to those who might be considering WesterCon 67 in Salt Lake City, uh, that uh, it's Salt a, Lake City it, it's a good time. Who don't seen the go to more. Broadway? <laughs> um, Broadway came to them. Uh, that uh, WesterCon 66 was a great host as well this past weekend. A really fun time. Uh, and uh, the Toastmaster there, David Gerald, will be at Comic Con next week. As will our host tonight, uh, Dan Votto, will be at Comic-Con at the SLG booth. Booth 1815, right next to DC Comics. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Mention I... this podcast, and I will give you a discount. There you How go. How about that? I want to know about it. All right. I want to hear if that actually worked out. That's great. Um, and, uh, of course, the on Sunday afternoon uh, at Comic-Con will be the Pro Fan Trivia Contest. Uh, which Hosted there. by? Derek McCaw of Fanboy Planet. And what a coincidence. Well, that's why we're, we're talking about it. Come on. Uh, and of course, you do control it. You could just, you know, cut it all out. That's fine. No, no. Yeah, it's all right. It's... Your voice is all squeaky. And then it becomes the Rick Boy podcast, and uh, <laughs> that's all good. Uh, so I'm Derek McCott, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. We say farewell to the presence of <laughs> Nate Costa. <laughs> I am Corp- Nate Costa. Corporal form. <laughs> Not going to be here in two weeks yeah, for the I next know. podcast. Wow. But I will be somehow magically on the show right, I know. via it's just, it's just, we technology. Missed, we, missed being we took, physically we took close to you. scrapings. We're growing a Nate. <laughs> Nate 2. Next time you hear from me, I will be married mm. with a gorgeous wife. I love the fact you left left room there for a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, she is. And the best of, of, of luck to you and Tiffany. Um, Thank you. And then, yes, yeah, so then you'll be moving to Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles Close area. Close enough to Los Angeles. Yes, we'll just leave it that way. <laughs> the greater Los Angeles area. Um, just, just to, will Derek be able to drive by your house, honk the horn, and you'll hop in and you'll both go to Disneyland? I, I do yes. now. Yeah, I, I have. I've dropped him off there many times. Okay. I don't know how much longer you guys are going to stay there. probably don't want to say it on the Til air. Till April. Till April. Oh, then I will drive by. 
and I will honk the horn, and, <laughs> and we you will pick us up and take us to Disneyland. Thank That's you. That's right. That'd be awesome. Wow. <laughs> okay. The last person to say farewell tonight would be Rick Brett Snyder, who is reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.